It's a terrible football show, all right? I want whatever you guys are smoking right now. Come on, Shane. You. OH. Yeah. OH. Oh, baby, go. yeah. <laughs> Shane, I swear to God. Welcome to a terrible football show. That's my quarterback and my teammate, man. <laughs> Ruins my fucking holiday every damn year. Alex, what up? You can thoroughly kiss my ass. Why not let us decide the top four? Yeah, let a terrible football show. Let a terrible football decide terrible the top four. Show. Fuck you, Shake. <laughs> Roll Todd. Have a good one, guys. Oh, Have a good one. Oh, 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 yeah, he's got to go. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. Uh, you know, I like that Baker Mayfield to myself, man. He was baking up there in the Browns, and it just turned into a big old shit pile. So- <laughs> Get that right. I will fly you out and take you to a game in Dallas of your fucking choice. Ooh. Oh, shit. Yeah, he's successful at just giving his terrible opinions, so why can't I? It's a terrible football show, after all. Welcome to Terra Football Show. Episode should be future Hall of Famer Julius Peppers. We'll see if he is going to be the future Hall of Famer here in the very near future. Semifinals came out recently. Devin Hester was once again on that list. A shout out to that. I got Ricky here with me. Ricky, how you doing? How you feeling on episode 90 here today? I'm feeling better very well. Just a little bit of holiday drag because you know how that is. Especially being off for most of the holiday. and You just have this drag back. It's just... It is what it is. Today was my first day back to work after a 12-day break, and I I feel you immensely. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> what a day back it was for me. So I feel you. The holiday drag, man. It is a very, very real thing. You know what else is a real thing? The incredible amount of football we have to talk about today. From the college football playoffs and those two games and how incredible they were, other bowl games to chat about, and then, of course, the debacle that took place on Saturday. We got, you know, Ricky here, of course, is a Cowboys fan and a referee. So it's going to be an interesting conversation here in a bit. Uh, Denver, uh, Denver with some drama going on up there. The Broncos could get penalized and fined or who knows what else could happen to them with, uh, with how they've handled the Russell Wilson situation, regardless if he's the guy or not. It doesn't that that's not the question. It's more so the handling of it because man, have they violated some uh, some terms here? They violated some policies and some rules with the NFL PA with how they've handled it. So chat about that. Uh, Matt Eberflus is apparently keeping his job in Chicago. That's the report from Ian Rappaport. So we'll we'll get down to that. Uh, and then the Ravens are they the Super Bowl favorite after the brutal beatdown they put on the Dolphins this weekend? All that and more on today's episode of A Terrible Football Show. Uh, but first and foremost, if you could, go down to the referral link down below. Check out some Rogue Energy promo code Spark3 to get 10% off, as well as go down to the referral link and buy a jersey because they're really cool because they got a little trash can on it that I drew in about five seconds. So I think you should support the trash can. And that supporting the trash can means you support <laughs> us. We're the trash can indirectly. Uh, and join the Discord. And you can come chat with us, be a caller on the show, all that good stuff. Shout out to that. And also shout out... Uh, to our TikTok. I'm finally posting on TikTok again. So, shout out to that. No football stuff yet. I am working on a football one right now. Uh, I, what I'm doing currently at Sparky3Official on TikTok is a, a challenge that will see how far I make it into the challenge. 
of 366 days of gaming. Every single day, I will post a slideshow of a different video game that you should play for one reason or another. Whether if it's an amazing game or a game that's so stupid and terrible that you need to play it. So make sure to go follow and see how long I make it before I give up. We're three days in. I just posted day three right before we went live. So give us a follow. We'd appreciate that. All right. Music ended at the perfect time. Turn that bad boy down. Bet. So yeah, excellent weekend of football. A lot of good games across the board. College games, a lot of good bowl games, a lot of bad bowl games. Bowl games is a, a whole nother conversation we may get into today if we got time on our Wednesday schedule. Friendly reminder, we'll be on Wednesdays for the whole month of January. Uh, but then, you know, NFL stuff, man. So let's let's go ahead and dive into it because we got a lot of NFL to talk about. We got a lot of everything to talk about. You know, also, you know, of course, shout out to Michigan and Washington for making the natty. Can't wait to watch that this upcoming Monday. It's going to be great. But talking about the NFL. All right, Ricky, let's dive into it. I've been, I've been dying to hear your thoughts all week, you know, with the debacle that took place uh, Saturday night. So first, let's go ahead and establish one thing. And I'll, and if we, we have to agree on this. Dan Campbell has the okay. biggest set of nuts in the NFL. Can we both agree to that first off? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, no, I, I love I agree, this man. I agreed with him going for two. <laughs> I love as, this as man. As soon as they scored, as soon as Detroit scored a touchdown there at the end of the game, I knew he was going to try to go for two. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of the end of the longest yard where it's just like, do we kick the field goal and go for the tire? Do we go for two point, go for the win? It's like, man, we're convicts. We always go for the win. That's what it reminded <laughs> yeah. me of. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that man, he literally has a wheelbarrow like strapped to his legs and the front of his body at all times because it's the only way he can walk around. But, of course, the, the Lions went for two, uh, got it, then got called back due to Taylor Decker apparently not reporting to the eligible receiver. After that, I definitely can in say that, all right, maybe if you're the Lions, let's not consider going for two. I know you're kind of heated in the moment, but you just got pushed further back. Probably would have been better to kick the field goal, go into overtime, but I still get it. I still want to get like send a message, go for the win. But that was one of those things after the fact at that point, eh, you, may have, you probably just wanted to kick the field goal. But again, he's got a huge sack of nuts. So he went for it again, didn't get it, Cowboys win. So with the whole debacle that took place, Ricky, I'm assuming you've seen all the video footage after the fact of where he reported, where Jared Goff was saying, hey, go go report, whatever, and then all the back-and-forth conversations. You as a Cowboys fan, you as a referee, what is your take on this whole thing? So, Alex, I still question whether or not that Tyler Decker reported eligible as it was, just for the simple fact is that when you look at the video, he doesn't really acknowledge Decker at all. And that, that, could, be, that could be Brad Allen's fault right there. Because um, here's the thing. We can look at the video evidence – all we want to. We don't know what was said. Yeah. We don't know what was said between between the two. And the reason I say that is because in the rules, you have to report as eligible if you were not an eligible receiver. You, it's, a, it's a big yep. must. Yep. I think the numbers, I can't remember what the exact numbers are in the NFL. I think it's between 50 and 75 or 50 and 80, something like that. And then 90, 99. Uh, those numbers who line up, um, you know, they can line up wherever they want to, but to be an eligible receiver and go downfield, they have to be an eligible, they have to be in an eligible position and they have to report to the official. The official then has to go to the defense and yep. has to report to the defense, hey, so and so is reporting official. Yep. Now, if the, if there was a miscommunication between Decker and Brad Allen, there's no telling there's no telling what was going on there. If Decker did what he said he was supposed to do, 
you know, fine, whole nine yards. But if Decker did something out of the ordinary where they were trying to possibly fake the officials, whatever the case may have been, um, then that's on Decker, that's on Dan Campbell for, you know, calling a stupid play, whatever the case may be. Now, I want to give this perspective because the simple fact is, is that as officials, it doesn't matter what sport it is, as officials, officials always meet with coaches pregame. And in football, it's a little bit more technical because the fact is, is you have, I don't know how many officials they have on the field for the NFL. I think it's eight. But uh, let's just say they have eight or nine. I know they have a few more people on the sideline just to do, just there for replay support, whatever. Um, but pregame, the white hat and the umpire always go to each head coach. And one of the things they ask the head coach, trick plays. Give me every trick play you've got. So that way I can prepare our officials. Now, there's a possibility because Dan Skipper did report eligible as an eligible receiver on uh, on a few plays during that game. Uh, so there is a possibility that um, there was some kind of missed signal where Dan Skipper came onto the field and they're like, okay, he's going to report as eligible because when he lined up, obviously it was an illegal formation because he was covered. That was That was a whole other ordeal right then and there that nobody really acknowledged that he, he was technically ineligible. Um, something else that was kind of hard to tell, on my opinion, was Taylor Decker covered because it didn't look like the receiver came off the ball very much at all. Uh, if you look at the receiver to the left him, it didn't look like he was he was much off the ball at all. So there were, there was all kinds of questions that, that were right then and there. Um, basically, it comes down to this. When you have a play such as that one in the back of your book, that you use for special occasions. This one, and it did mean a big deal because, no, they're not going to get the number one overall seed, but when you're a two seed, you're at least going to be at home for the first two weeks of the playoffs, which is what you want. And so when you have a play in the back of your, in the back of your book like that, you have to drill it into the players. I say this constantly. I'll say it again. You will be surprised how many players play their respective sport and don't know the rules. And so, like I said, there, there's a whole debacle. You can blame whoever you want to, but at the end of the day, there was some type of miscommunication, whether it was on Decker, whether it was on Brad Allen, the head referee, whether it was on Dead Skipper himself. Somewhere, somewhere in between, there was huge miscommunication. And I saw, what I saw was, I saw Brad Allen look at Dead Skipper as he was coming onto the field. Maybe there was some type of signal that he gave, I don't know. But somewhere between... Decker, Dan Skipper, Dan Campbell, and Brad Allen, something was messed up. And on top of that, Brad Allen announced it to the world over the headset saying that 70 is reporting as an eligible receiver. So if everybody can hear that, why did Dan Campbell not stop and say, no, 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 or why did he do something? Because usually when something like that happens where where there's something, some verbal call over the intercom that's wrong, Usually, a coach tries to get an official some kind of attention. We didn't see that at all. So, like I said, put the blame on whoever you want to. Um, you know, there's a little bit of blame to go around everywhere. And if I were, to, if I were, to, if I'm going to put any kind of blame on anything, it's the head coach for not preparing the player because the players need to know the rules. And you'd be surprised, man. I'm telling you, you will be surprised how many players don't know the rules. Yeah, I, honestly, I'm with you. I, pro- I mean. 
I probably would be very surprised on how – I mean, at the same time, I wouldn't. You know, I feel like it's one of those things – I feel like there's a lot of guys that just go out there and just want to play ball and don't really go much beyond that, you know. Now, in terms of how it was handled, do you agree with how it was handled where, like, apparently Brad Allen and his team are being demoted from doing playoffs? Because this is apparently not the only call that uh, he's been involved with this season that's been that's been so, bad. So, the, from reports that I am reading, it's not that that they're being demoted for. Uh, obviously they were they were uh it, obviously the no call in the Kansas City game and then um that that was one of them of course that that was a big one I mean that was that that was a big one and like I said put the blame all you want to I'm telling you guys when you're on the field and you're with those players it's so much faster being down there than it is in the stands I promise you but um another thing that the NFL had called out for was during, um, I believe it was the Cowboys' final drive before they punted, Aiden Hutchinson tripped um, uh, tripped Tony Pollard on that last run play, and had that tripping play got called, it would have been an automatic first down. They would have been under the two-minute warning, and Dallas would have been able to run the clock off. So mm-hmm. I have been told that was also one of them that they kind of looked at, because that's, that's the thing, it's like, Here's the thing, guys, and and there there was an article that was on Yahoo, which I wish I could talk to this female who wrote it, just so that way we can get something straight. So one of the things, because you know they have the Raven, they have the Ravens Pittsburgh game this week, and it's a national televised game. Now it's not gonna, it's gonna mean a whole lot for Pittsburgh because it's probably gonna mean pit playoff implications. But you know the the Ravens have already clinched; they're sitting out Lamar Jackson. With that being said. The officials that get downgraded, they don't get downgraded because they're bad officials. I want I want y'all to understand that. They get downgraded because in the moment, when it comes to the needy and greedy, will they make the big calls? And I will go back to Super Bowl, the Super Bowl last year, when everybody griped and complained because of the holding call, because he didn't just hold once, he held twice. Those are the type of officials they're looking for. Will they let them play a little bit? And will they call the big stuff when it matters most? Right. And when you don't do that, that's what they get downgraded for. Yeah. It's not, it's it's not, you know, some of the stuff that's in between the game. It's the big moments that matter the most for these officials. And like I said, I'm not they're not bad officials by any means. They're they're in the highest league in the entire world. Call it calling football, and and it's amazing. I hope to get there one day. Doubt I do, but you know, one can hope. Keep shooting for the stars, um, buddy. You got it. Exactly, exactly. And so, but but in the long and at the end of the day, and I hate it for them because they are good. Brad Allen's a good official. He's a respected official. But at the end of the day, mistakes are going to be made, and sometimes if they don't make those big calls, if they're not willing to make those big calls, they're not going to be able to play. They're not going to be able to call in the playoffs. With this whole situation is everything that took place. I mean, because I, I definitely agree with you on one thing, man. There was, a lot, I think, a lot of miscommunication on all fronts. You know what I mean? Like, that that's kind of the vibe yep. that I've been getting away from this. Is like, while I want to truly believe that it was reported and just a big mistake happened, I want to believe there's probably some miscommunication across the board. But with this situation that happened, with a lot of other just terrible calls that's taken place this year, do you think this could be, like, finally, like, the straw that breaks the camel's back and pushes the NFL to have full-time referees? Because this is like, NFL, I believe, is the only professional sports league that does not have full-time referees. I, and I think you're right. This this could be. Uh, now, some of, now, some of them, Alex, probably, because they get paid enough to where they can, uh, 
where they could just officiate and that and that's it. Um, but but at the same time though, Alex, if you think about it, um, basketball and baseball. You look at basketball. Every team plays eighty-two games a year. Yep. There's plenty of games to go around. Yep. Baseball. There's one hundred and sixty-two games a year. There's plenty of baseball to go around. Not as much football. True. So, um, and yes, I mean, you you could see you could make this to where they do where where they do go full time. But Alex, here's the thing. I don't care who it is. At the end of the day, they're still human. They're Thanks. going to make mistakes. It's going to happen. At the end of the day. Referees didn't make Detroit turn the ball over twice. The referees didn't make Detroit only score 19 points in a game. Detroit didn't make, I'm sorry, the referees didn't make Dan Campbell try to go for two. So, I mean, it, push comes to shove there. There's always going to be, there's always going to be mistakes. The problem is, is usually the officials get the officials get the raw end of the deal when it comes to uh, when it comes to big stuff like this, hello Shane. Shane has the joined the show once again. Back to back champions. Hello, boys. How y'all doing? How you doing, man? I haven't seen your handsome face in a while. I know, I know. Not really that handsome. It's got a weird angle. I love. The I angle. got another. I love. I angles. got another. I got another monitor. So I've got three monitors now. Oh, you yeah. see my other monitor here. Got my main monitor. My third monitor. On my right. Um. Don't, I don't know how I feel about this angle. I may I may switch it back to directly in front of me, but we'll see. I love the angle. Oh, I love whenever I, I whenever I was doing some streaming, man. I was big about like hitting an angle. That was my preference personally. So I like it. I dig it. How you doing, man? Welcome to the show. Good. I, I don't know. I, I just feel like in the last couple of months I've just been sick. I'll be sick for a couple of weeks. I'll be good for a week and sick again. So the last couple of days I've been feeling like crap. So ah, oh, <laughs> feeling like crap again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad you were able to join the show. We we got a lot to talk about today. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm. I uh, as soon as I got home, I uh, I sat down and I went on Twitch and YouTube and pulled y'all up. Where I'm guessing y'all were talking about the Lions call. Yep. Yeah. The whole we the whole Lions Cowboy situation. Yeah. My so I watched that game. I get I haven't got to watch a lot of football this year, but I was able to watch um that game and i was able to watch the college football games this weekend um my thoughts on it is for one i i I think it's completely on the ref unfortunately but i think to a point like it was just an honest mistake he's assumed and i think that's where he kind of messed up at um because you know he says dan skipper checked in when clearly you watch the video skipper wasn't even Skipper was running over there, and guy kind of walked away before he, Skipper even got there. Um, it's unfortunate, but I mean, it's definitely a blown call. Right, right, yeah. You know, when it comes to this whole, when it comes to the whole situation, like what me and Ricky were talking about, is I feel like there's a there is I feel like there is potentially some blame all around. I I want to lean more of the ref, you know. I do. I I do want to lean that this could have been potentially a blown call. And it, a blown call in the in the sense of what you're saying, it was just a mistake. And like Ricky, Ricky was just saying, mistakes happen. You know what I mean? But I, I, there, I want to say there could be some miscommunication across the board because I mean, if he did announce that like Dan Skipper was, you know, was, that's where like what Ricky was saying, that's when you would think like Dan Campbell or someone else would be like, whoa, 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 that's not right. You know, like the, there, this is just one of those really weird gray, like really like 
mucky situations when it comes to a really bad call at the end of the game, you know, where it's just like, where do the finger actually get pointed? It, it's not as clear cut as let's say, you know, cause it's, it, I've seen a lot of people like, like the references cause Jared Goff was involved with both games. It's not as clear cut as the NFC championship. That was very clearly pass interference. Like that yeah. was beyond pass interference. That was clear cut. This one's not as clear cut because it's just like there were so many different factors involved. I was just like, scene, it's kind of on everyone to a point, but it does kind of lean like more in one person's direction, but it's still like other people are involved too, you know? The thing that gets me is the history behind this referee crew and the Detroit Lions. I saw that too. I saw that too. Because it's not it's not just this game. It goes back to the, the um to another game the Lions I think two other games the Lions have played this year. I they th- had that s- same crew that missed a, a a call that prevented the Lions pretty much, pretty much from winning. I think I saw some some And uh, this is also the same crew that has the uh, MVS uh the Valdez Scantley pass interference call the Chiefs call against um I forgot who they played I saw a stat Um, about this crew over like the last like season or two whatever combined I think the Lions are 0 and 10 whenever this is the crew that officiates for it yep that sucks (laughs) (laughs) yeah right And I thought, you know, I, I kind of thought the same thing. Like, hey, you know, it, it. I guess it is on the players to still make sure. Like, even though he's walking away, to, to make sure, because that's like, um, I think Scott Van Pelt said it on the Scott Van Pelt show after the game. He said there was no rush. The clock has stopped. There's no rush to be running around and 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 have to have these errors on both sides. So why not take the extra time to make sure That's a good point. Hey, ref, I'm the one I'm the one eligible. He's checking into the game, but I'm the one eligible. That's true. That's fair. You know, whatever. But the thing is, what gets me is Dan Campbell stated that he talked to them about the same exact situation going into the game. Uh pregame. So he pretty much told the refs like, "Hey, at some point we're going to be checking in number 70, Dan Skipper. But 60, was it 65 or 68? 68. 68. But 68 is already on the field. He is going to be the one that's going to be the eligible receiver, right? And even then, if you look at the formation, Dan Skipper, Dan Skipper is ineligible. But 68 is eligible. He's not covered up. So even then, it was. It was also hard to determine though, because that receiver was very, very close to him. I mean, he he was very, very close to him. So I mean, there, there he was close, but you can you you can definitely tell he's off the ball because if you look to the receiver on the right. on the white on the right on the wide side, wide right side, he is on the you you can tell he's on the ball. So at that point, sixty eight is eligible. So I don't understand. Because I mean, if seventy would have th- would have caught the ball, then yeah, I would have understood it. But sixty eight caught the ball. Was it was it only because he didn't report? But even then, like he was there with the ref. So I think that's where the miscommunication, of course, the miscommunication came in. Because I think it's part of the ref for assuming that it was seventy, even though Dan yeah. Skipper didn't even talk to him, and then sixty eight for that's not. a possibility. That's a possibility. But here's the thing, though, Shane. We do not hear verbal communication whatsoever between the player and the official. We never do, we and we never should. Yeah. So there's there's no telling what kind of vibe was given off there. All I, like, like I said, he could have he could have like you said directly reported eligible. If that's the case, 
It's all on the referee. But if he said anything else other than, hey, I'm I'm eligible on this play, I'm going to line up as an eligible receiver. If he said anything else other than this play, it's on the, it's on Decker. Period. And so, and that that that's where, like I said, you could you could you we could spread blame all around on this one particular play. You could blame the players for not knowing the rules because that's the thing. Like I, with like something I was saying before you got on, uh, Shane was you will be surprised. Like I know you, I know you had talked about wanting to officiate football next year. If you if you when you officiate football, one of the things you are going to realize very very quickly, you'll be surprised how many players actually know the rules. Yeah. Like, and also like Jared, another thing, Jared Goff, Jared Goff should not have even towed Decker to go to go report. Decker should have already known that he had to go report. Yeah, and another another thing that gets me is I was watching to I was watching the uh, <clears throat> I don't know if you know it or not, but Nightcap with Shannon Sharp and Ocho Cinco, mm-hmm. and they both said that you know most of the time when they played now i don't know i don't know if rules are different now but they said when they played most of the time if they just went even close to the ref and just kind of tapped their number or gave some kind of gesture that they're the one going in or a player's going in or whatever that the ref would acknowledge it call at that at that point then announce it hey 68 is reporting eligible or 68 is an eligible receiver on the field you know whatever um the thing is, I think also where some miscommunication came in is, to my knowledge, the ref has to announce that no matter what, right? But Dan Campbell, but Dan Campbell, the whole time, he was not trying to get them to announce it because you announce it, then people are like, okay, well, clearly he's going to be in the, on, on the field doing something, right? He didn't want the defense knowing that 68 was the one eligible because you saw Penny Sewell was standing right next to Decker, when they were talking to the ref. So they were trying to confuse the uh, Cowboys defense on who was eligible and who wasn't. But to my knowledge, refs have to announce, hey, 68 is eligible, 70 is eligible. So that I think that's the biggest one right there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. And then you're, you're, and you're 100% right, as Ricky was following up on, they do need to report. And that's... Well, that's where it also just kind of comes back to like there's just seems like a drop of communication because it's like if they're, you know, if the ref sat there and announces that seventies the eligible and that's not correct, it's like why didn't their player or why didn't Dan like try to correct? Because you know, you know, Shane bringing up the Scott Van Pelt thing, that's a great point. There was Tom, there was Tom. You had Tom to take care of it. Why, why the rush? I mean, I understand keeping momentum. I get that, but you got time. You know what I mean? So I don't know. This, this is just a giant drop of the ball on all fronts. Giant drop of the ball on all fronts. Yeah, uh, I mean, and you heard um, there's a there's a recording from fans and recordings from people in the field. Um, hell, I think there's even a TV recording from the announce team that as soon as they line up, they announce 70 is eligible. Like the refs announce 70 is eligible, mm-hmm. even in the formation, it's not correct. So at that point, why not waste a timeout? Hey, waste a timeout, get it correct, and get it going. That thing was replayed four times. Well, you know, as soon as as soon as somebody hears seventy is eligible, why not call a timeout and get it correct? Right, and just take care of it right then and there. Man, what a shit show the end of that game was. Which that which really sucks because that was a hell of a game. You know what I mean? Always in any circumstance, hate seeing the end of the game 
uh, you know, that you know, a great game be destroyed by something like that. You know what I mean? Where it just leaves that sour. I hate that. It does not matter the situation. Hate that man. It was such a good game, uh, and it just got brutally destroyed with uh, with that whole scenario. Well, that's gonna lock up the line. The line should be, you know locking in the three seed basically. Uh, I mean, Eagles or Cowboys gonna lock in that second. So, so that's that's unfortunate. But you know, hey. Still going to the playoffs, so you got something to go for, I guess. You know, you're a three seed, so you're still going to get at least a, a home game for sure. Yeah. Uh, hopping over the next thing, we got the Broncos situation. Uh, we got Shane in here is a Broncos fan, so good timing, Shane. Uh, this whole situation being that Russ is benched, you know, the last two weeks of the year, whatever, and apparently he claims what uh, everyone confirms it uh, that it was back in like October they approached him and said that if he didn't waive like his injuries clause, whatever, they were going to plan to bench him. Uh, so he wouldn't get hurt, or whatever, to affect any like money issues or guarantees or whatever going next year. All kind of signaling that that they're moving on from him this year. Uh, even though while he hasn't been phenomenal, he hasn't been bad. He was better this year than he was last year. That's for damn sure. Uh, but this whole situation now, there's like you know NFL investigation happening, NFLPA investigation, where the the Broncos could get hit pretty hard uh, with this, you know, because it goes against you know different policies and and and. Uh, and rules set into place when it comes to NFL uh, player contracts and stuff. But, you know, how much do you think this guy, how much do you think this horribly affects the Broncos? Like, there's a lot of questions with this. Cause, like, how much do you think this hurts the Broncos? Is this, the, was this the right move? Okay. To go ahead and make this play, to p- plan to move on from Russ. Does this make look, Sean Payton look like a complete fucking stooge and Drew Brees carried him? And another thing to think about is, like, is this going to make it difficult for free agents to come there? And maybe the Broncos are going to have to pay a little extra to even convince free agents. Because this feels like, to me, I see this and how they've handled this. And I see it as like, why would a free agent want to come there unless you're giving them a lot of money? You know, I've seen people kind of make the the little joke that the Broncos are going to have to pay almost like an extra tax, you know, just to get players to come there. Because play, who, 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 what player is going to want to come there if they, they see how, like, some if somehow someone's treated like that? Like, they could be next. I know it's a business, and uh, it can be a brutal business, but, you know, still, seeing someone like that, why would you want to go there when you have the option to go there? It's kind of like the same thing a couple years ago. uh, You know, uh, yeah, a couple years ago when when the Jags were still garbage after the Urban Meyer stuff, like, they were paying people in free agency a lot more money than those players should have got, like Christian Kirk, for example. But you're basically paying a player to come pay for a play for a really shitty team. It's basically like you got to pay extra for that situation. That's kind of how I relate to this. Like, just what what are you guys' thoughts on how this Bronco situation's coming down? And do you think they're going to face some serious punishment? Um, the thing <clears throat> thing is, I'll, I'll tackle the free agents thing first. Um, again, I was watching the night cap, and I think Shannon Sharp covered it the best. I mean, Bronco Hall of Famer. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> free agents going to go where the money goes. True. You know, will they have to pay a little extra? I think so. Players, players are going to use that as a negotiating tool. They're going to go in there to that front office and be like, "Hey, look, like, <clears throat> no offense, but the last couple of years y'all have had a, a a pattern of treating players like shit. So you know, throw an extra two and a half mil in there plus incentives and I'll <laughs> yeah. sign the contract. But at the end of the day, money's money. They're going to follow the money, <clears throat> right? Um, as far as the whole what it looks like on Sean Payton, yeah, it's shitty. Um, you know, he came out and said he doesn't know anything about that, for one. And then for two, he said that the reason why he's benching him is because he's not playing well. Well, why didn't you bench him when he was one and four? 
right before they went on a streak. Exactly. Yeah, they, they were they, no, they were one in five to make it even worse. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> they were one. One, in five. one didn't you? One didn't you bench him when he's one in five, and not yeah. when he won you what five or six games straight, beat the Chiefs, was looking like an MVP caliber quarterback as far as numbers goes, um, and then he loses what what was it two games in a row and looked mediocre, and then you bench him, yeah, because oh, he's so... not playing well. Uh, so they won five in a row, lost to the Texans, beat the Chargers, and then they lost two in a row, which was the Lions and the Patriots. And then, you know, they just beat the Broncos. But, of course, he wasn't playing that game. I mean, they did not beat the Broncos, beat the uh, Chargers. But, they, you know, Chargers and Broncos both weren't playing their starters. So Yeah, so, I mean, so I mean that's a whole lot of shit, in my opinion. Because if you're playing bad and you're starting one and five, why not bench him there? Um, and Russ even came out and said in an interview, he said, it was like, yeah, like that's the reason why they came up to me, you know, after the chiefs game and was like, Hey, you don't fix your claws. We're going to, we're going to sit you the rest of the year. And, and like what you were saying, I think it's going to hurt the Broncos depending on what the punishment is, because I know it goes against the, uh, you know, their tanking rule or whatever. Right. Yeah. Uh, so that's one of them. Um, so, you know, I was listening to some analysts and stuff. They think that it's just going to be money. If it's just money, I think the Broncos will be all right. Hey, they are, they aren't owned by the Waltons, so they really don't care about that part. Yeah. So if it, if it's the money, I don't, I think it'll be all right. No, 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 no big deal. Okay. Half a mil, whatever. Sign a check, be over with it. Um, but I, I think they could, they could lose some picks for this. It may not be some high picks, but um, you know they could lose some fourth, fifth round picks, maybe even a, a, an additional sixth and seventh round pick. I think if it comes down to that, then then we're gonna we're gonna be hurting because we already don't have first and second round picks for the next two years, right? At least. So, yeah, that's my thoughts. What about you, Rick? I mean, I think I think we could all agree that you know Russell Wilson has looked a ton better this year than what oh, yeah. he did last year. So I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna throw Sean Payton under the bus just because he benched him you know this this past game or anything like that. Here's the thing, though, guys, and this this is where the business comes push to shove because I haven't heard anyone on the Broncos. Now I understand that this may look like that they're saying, "Hey, Russ is not the guy." Well, po- possibly not, um, but at the same time. The way that I see this, why would you put a quarterback that makes so much money who's going to make even more money over the next four years, why would you put him in a situation knowing good and well that your playoff chances at that point were slim to none as as far as possibly getting into the playoffs? And I think that's one of the reasons why they saw the writing on the wall. They're like, look, we're not going to make the playoffs. If he gets injured, we're going to have to play. We're going to have to pay him all this money. Why not sit him out the rest of the season? It's just two games, gentlemen. It's not like they're sitting him out the last four or five games of the season, which I I would have understood had they benched him at one and five, but they didn't. They're like, look, let's give him a chance. It, you know, it was just a, it, you know, it's just a, what what you call one of those little, um, just a situation where, you know, you're just beginning. You don't want to just write him off just because, just because of a bad start. Let's see how he responds. Let's see if we, what we can build on the future. We're talking about two games. 
And I understand, I understand the whole aspect of the business. Yes, I understand that Russ wants to play. I understand that he's played well. But he's not all that in a bag of chips right now. He's he's actually been very, very well declining over the last several years because he really doesn't concentrate as much on football like he used to. And so, but I, I, I'm okay with it. I, it. I understand that it's a rule. If they do go against that tanking rule, they get punished for it. Oh, well. But at the same time, it's like, why would you take a quarterback that you're paying this amount of money to and risk him getting injured for next season if they decide to keep him, of course? Because I don't see at this point, I don't see anyone in the league right now besides the Denver Broncos that are going to be willing to start Russell Wilson at this point in his career. Really? You don't think anyone would try to swing for him? No. Why would you? What, what, why, why, why would you, why would you play a player who has declined severely over the last four or five years? So you're telling me the Steelers wouldn't be interested? No, the Steelers, uh, no, hell no. I don't know. The Vikings. <clears throat> I think the Vikings no. would be interested. No, they've got Kirk, Kirk Cousins is coming back. They're not going to be interested in him. I do love Kirk Cousins. I mean, I do too, but. I think there are teams that would be interested, personally. I, I don't I disagree. I think I the disagree. Cowboys why would be interested. Well, oh, <laughs> don't wish that. Don't don't do it. I'm no, putting it on you now. I mean I mean I, I think I think of I think why of three think true teams. I think of three true teams right now, Raiders, Vikings, and um Raiders got Steelers right now. They're, they're gonna build around him. The Steel, the Steeler, the Steeler, maybe the Steelers, but even, even then, I'm not giving up on Kenny Pickett yet. What about the Patriots? Come on now. I think Patriots, uh, I, I, I think you may not that, be giving up on Kenny Pickett, but by the way, by the reports I'm reading, um, Kenny Pickett's given up on on the Steelers. Yeah, that could that could be a possibility, but I mean, it's like it's only his, what second season. It's a sophomore slump. He'll be fine. But I, I, I'm I'm telling I'm telling you in general. The teams you just mentioned are going to be willing to go out, get a rookie quarterback, or someone that's a one, two-year veteran, Gardner Minshew. Um, which Gardner Minshew's been there a long time. But I'm just saying, you get Gardner Minshew a starting job somewhere. But I, I'm telling you, at this point in the career, in Russell Wilson's career, as sharply as, as he has declined, nobody, even the teams you mentioned, will not be willing to pay $40, $50 million for a quarterback who has steadily declined rapidly, over the last four or five years is not going to happen. I don't know, man. I think the Patriots might be the one that might be on board. I'm going to be honest with I you. I don't think the I don't think the Patriots will either. I mean, they're right. Why would you? It's like you, you're you're basically going to be rebuilding your entire franchise after this year. You're most likely going to get rid of Bill Belichick, which you know that's something that's been called for 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 a long time. Uh, you can't find the right personnel as it is, and. Why would you? Like I said, there's no, there's, there's so much risk when you, when you're doing that, and when you go to the Patriots, your career's over. <laughs> Hunter Henry, get out of there. Can, can we? I want to say two things. Can we? Can we officially say that it was Tom Brady that made Bill Belichick yeah, great? Yeah, hundred percent. Fifty-fifty. That, that's a conversation for another day. Um, and then second, hot take. I know this is going to be really random and off take here. Um, I think be before trade deadline next year, Jared Goff will not be the Lions quarterback. That Whoa! Be, that is a little bit of a hot take with how he's played. I think That's Jared Goff. I think Jared Goff will be traded for for a very very nice package. 
And depending on how their backup quarterback looks, um, who a player that me and Alex was very high on coming off of an injury will be their quarterback next year mm. there, before the trade deadline. There's a, there's a possibility they could bring just about everybody back next year. I, I, oh, Hendon Hooker, man. I don't know about that. Man, we'll I, love, I love me some Hendon Hooker, but, man, Jared Goff's been playing out of his mind. Yeah. I mean, I agree, I but I would love to see it. That's why I threw out the hot take it's, real quick. Especially, I mean, it is, it's not hot take Tuesday, but it can be hot take Wednesday, so it's all good. We're on Wednesday schedule for the month, but – um, no, I mean, Jared Goff has been playing out of his mind. If, and if they win a playoff game, man, he's coming back. He's coming back. He's, if he, they win a playoff game, that man's getting the key to the city. <laughs> won a di- he should already get the key to the city. They won the division for the first time since 93. Ah, uh, no. And the first time in NFC North history. You know, I'll never forget that yeah. one. Never forget that one. That's a wild one. Yeah, because the last time they won it, it was a central. Yep, exactly. Which yeah. was such a dumb division. It had all the teams that's in there now, and then it had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's so stupid. That is so dumb. That is just one of those great examples of the NFL where this, the divisions make no damn sense. So, I mean, for the most part, they've got it down. I still have some beefs with the current division set up. Like, the Cowboys do not need to be in the NFC East. That's so stupid. So dumb. Where do they need to be? They need to be in the NFC South. Put Carolina in the East. Easy fix. Yeah, I can, I can see that. Colts don't, yeah, need, I, Colts don't the, need to the, be in the South either. That's dumb the too. Bi- the biggest thing the biggest thing with their conferences is it was when the AFC and I NFC know. conferences came, came about, right? It was the NFL and AFL. Yeah. So I when know. those two, two things, two entities came together, they just kind of fucking threw shit together. Yeah. I mean, let's be real. I and mean, you have dumb. you have the Chargers and the Rams playing in the same city, same same state, two different conferences. See, I'm fine with that because they're at least in the right division, you know, the West. So I, I can look past that, but I do, but I do, I do see your point because it's kind of like hockey. Hockey completely reworked all their uh, divisions over the last couple of years, where it's all very geographical. You know, where I think there's three divisions now, no conferences. So, you know, I can look past something like that as long as they're in the right division. Because it's like the, the Colts don't need to be in the AFC South. That's stupid. There's, that's just dumb. Cowboys don't need to be in the NFC East. I mean, there, there are some changes that you can make that I feel like need to be made. But it, that's a different conversation for a different day. Uh, but still talking about the North, though. Let's hop over to my Bears here because Matt Eberflus is apparently keeping his job. I'm not surprised. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> I was about to say, you sound super excited for that. I mean, like, look, I don't want it to happen. I just I don't view him as a head coach. You know, he's done great. He's a, He was a great defense coordinator in Indy, and he's been a great defense coordinator for us since God knows what happened to Allen Williams. Still no one wants to report on that because no one wants to be wrong because of how severe it apparently is. Um, but, you know, our defense has turned the hell around this year. We got one of the best defense in the NFL this year, which that's great. But I just don't I don't view him as a head coach. I just don't. But you know, if he's gonna be retained, fuck. I mean, I'm not surprised it is what it is. At least got you gotta get rid of Luke Getze. You gotta get rid of Luke Getze, though. Uh like I understand it's like back to another square one situation. It was like, you know, getting another offense coordinator in there again. But Luke Getze's like he's not him. Like it's that it's that it's that point blank period. My ideal person to bring in as OC, honestly, bring in Frank Reich. Bring in Frank Reich, man. 
Like he he was a great OC. Him and Matt obviously know each other really well. They're 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 buddies. Bring in Frank Wright, baby. And then for DC, hey, call up Leslie Frazier. He's still sitting on the couch too after he stepped away. If he if he's available and ready to go, maybe come back to the team that he played for. Get Leslie Frazier up here, baby, as our DC. That's that looks like a good little cast of characters there. But I, I you know with the whole Matt Eberflus thing, my big personal take, and I, I'm curious of you guys' thoughts. If we bring back Eberflus, and this is legit confirmed, you got to bring back Fields. You got to. You cannot repeat the same cycle. That's my opinion as a Bears fan. I'm sick of seeing this same fucking cycle of, you know, we enter a year of where the coach is clearly on the hot seat because of how he's performed. We draft a rookie quarterback that year. The coach gets fired. I'm not saying Iberflus is going to get fired next year, but it's obviously he, in my opinion, he's on the hot seat going into next year. You know, so we draft Caleb Williams. Let's say Flus gets fired. That'd be the third time in a row that's happened. Draft Trubisky. It was John Fox's last year. He got fired with us. Draft Fields. It was Matt Nagy's last year. He got fired. So it's like there's a two rookie quarterbacks that we've ruined in a way because like, we, we, we because we've given them no stability. Like if you keep Flus, run it back with Fields. That's my personal take. I mean, I I think no matter what, um, you you keep Fields. Even if you were to fire him tomorrow, I think you keep Fields. I think Fields is a guy. I think he has a a much higher upside than what. Caleb Williams has, in my opinion. Um, I haven't been, I mean, we have, me and you, Alex, especially have not been on high on Caleb Williams since he, since before he won the Heisman. I don't think he's that guy. I think the Bears should do what they did last year. Trade out of the number one pick. Get a buku of picks. And continue building. I now, disagree. yes, that, no, yes, they'll 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 miss out on on players like that like that. I think they should get like Marvin Harrison, or you know something like that. But I mean, picks builds teams. The the draft wins championships. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, but the, the one thing I will disagree with Shane: they need to get Marvin Harrison Jr. No matter what. They've got to have a play. Like, like, don't get me wrong. I, I know they have a decent record, but we're talking about a player who, in my opinion, could be the best wide receiver drafted since Jerry Rice, and I mean that wholeheartedly. This kid is a special, special talent. Oh, I agree. I, 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 agree. I, really believe you, I really believe you get him no matter what. You do not trade. So no matter what, so no matter what, draft him at number one? I would draft him No matter what. One. No matter what, draft I him would. at number one. I would. I mean, I like it. I like it. I don't know how, how everybody else might feel about that, but I, I mean, I agree. I mean, I, I, wanna, I 100% agree with you. I think he is the best receiver r- recruit coming into the draft in 40 years. Um, yeah, he's, 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 I mean, he's, he, he's, he's, he's top tier with, you know, Calvin Johnson and things like that. I, I completely agree. I think he's worth the number one pick. But does that franchise that think he's the number one pick? I don't know. They should, but who knows? <laughs> to me, it's like I was it's, about to say, it is the Bears. It is the Bears, man. To me, it's like draft and, day, Vontae Mack, no matter what, <laughs> Marvin Harrison Jr., no matter what. And the thing is, is that you know you have what the number nine pick, right? Currently, or number eleven pick. Currently slated at ten. Currently slated at ten. So I mean, at the end of the day, maybe you trade back at ten. And get those Buku picks because you know there's still going to be people that people are going to want to be reaching for, and you still get Marvin Harrison. 
that's a that's the ability there. Or if a guy, you know, I, like I said, I haven't been, unfortunately, I hate it, but I haven't been able to watch a lot of football, so I'm not really familiar with what the Bears need, but I, I assume offensive line always. Yep. So, yep. Um, so, of course, you can always take a top offensive lineman at 10. You can always trade back, get a buku of picks. You know, maybe somebody in the mid to late teens and then kind of build from there. Who knows? One thing that also one thing that kind of hurts us uh, with how things have played out is Washington is setting at the number two pick. I don't see a I don't see a realm. I don't think Washington's going to be as stupid as Chicago was in 2017 when we traded up one pick. I don't think I, my original hope was Washington was going to be at three, uh, and they were going to be the ones trying to call because I I've I said before the season started that Washington is interested in Caleb Williams. Did I not, boys? I've said that yep. before the season started, and I'm telling you that's still what the case is. They are they want Caleb Williams. He grew up a Washington fan, that poor soul. They want Caleb Williams. He's from the area. He was a fan of the team. Let him go be the savior for the team. But I but with them setting it two, uh, Chicago, Ryan Poles has got to play chess the perfect way to pull this off to maybe get a trade with Washington. Like maybe New England would want to trade up, but that's kind of out of character. If New England really wants to have their pick of the litter cuz New England's setting at 3. But like I'll be honest, if we want Marvin Harrison, you like without if the season ended today, you do not trade past 3 because Arizona will go for Marvin Harrison Jr. at 4. I'm telling you right now. There's no way they won't. So you don't get behind Arizona, <laughs> like if you like. So it's Washington or New England at two or three. Who who wants them? But like the the gray area about this is like Chicago. Like the draft is the end of April, April twenty fifth, I believe. Chicago has to play chess about this because like our deadline is going to come up to take Justin Fields' fifth year option or not. And if you take the fifth year option, you're kind of giving away. You're probably not drafting a quarterback. You're kind of losing some leverage there. Uh, so it's going to be a very tricky situation uh, this offseason. But you know what? At this point, I trust in polls. I don't trust in Flus completely, but I trust in polls because he has built a hell of a team. He's drafted some really good you know, picks, man. Darnell Rod's a beast. Uh, uh, Javon Dexter's really good on the D-line. Uh, Tariq Stevenson from the U, he's been playing phenomenal. He's been playing lights out. So I believe in what polls. Polls has had one really bad miss with Chase Claypool. Couple of questionable ones with like Nate Davis and stuff, but you know Volus Jones. But other than that, he's my, had a lot my of good one, hits. My my one bad kind of tear on poll is not giving Robert Queen the money. Is it Queen? Quinn. I think Ro- it's Ro- Queen. Robert cool, Quinn. Quinn. Yeah, yeah I don't not know. giving I mean, him the how, money. I mean, he hasn't really he done much since we got rid of him. Have I mean, he he's one of the plays for the Ravens, right? He's like their starting. Oh, 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 Ro- uh, Roquan, Roquan Smith. Yeah, Roquan, Roquan Smith. Smith, sorry. No, no, we did have Robert Quinn. That's why I was confused. We traded him to Philly, yeah. and I don't think he's done anything since. Uh, yeah, okay, I was now, Roquan Smith, sorry. Now, okay, so I agree and disagree, because obviously Roquan has been one of the best linebackers in the league, and he has been for the Bears and for the Ravens. But, I mean, Tremaine Edmonds has been pretty goddamn good, too, and so has TJ Edwards. we got a damn good linebacking core, so, and for a lot cheaper. So I, I I see both sides. I would I would still love Roquan to be a bear. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'd love it. But you know what? I, I'm, that's one because he kind of made up for it with like TJ and Tremaine. I can look past it, you know. But Chase Claypool, that was a miss. You traded basically yeah, a first sure. round draft pick for that guy. Like let's be real. You traded a first round draft pick for that guy. What are we doing? 
I mean, I mean, look at the Cowboys. I mean, they, I, th- I think they fucked up with, um, what's his name? Uh, Gallup. Oh, Michael Gallup. Where, where has he, where has he been all year? I mean, he's been injured, right? Yeah, he's, yeah, but he's, he's, he came off an injury though. He's, he was injured most of last year. But I mean, in my opinion, if he doesn't come back next year, uh, you know, hundred percent putting up the numbers that they think that he's putting up, I think you move on from him too. But um, but another thing, gentlemen, just show our age here. Oh, here in about two years, you could possibly imagine imagine this: you could see a Harrison and a Manning on the same team again for the first time since like '09. <laughs> that is showing that is showing our age a little bit. You're right. <laughs> that would hey, that would mean that Arch Manning is gonna be the quarterback of the Bears. I don't know how I feel about that one, buddy. I mean, hey, the last two Mannings won Super Bowls. Yeah, I mean, that's true. That's true. We'll see how Arch does. Did you guys see that photo of Arch and, and Quinn? Yeah. Man, that's which which there's some doing? background. There, which there's some background to it, right? Um, the Texas Longhorns don't. Which most most Division One teams don't allow freshmen to talk to media. Texas don't allow freshmen to talk to media, regardless of who you are, and until you know the bowl game. Mm-hmm. So then, that was really the first time the media got to talk to Arch. So of course they're gonna be all over him. All right. That's unfortunate for Queen. But yeah, man. but yeah, I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, speaking of hilarious, what'd you guys think of that beatdown of the Ravens and the Dolphins? Is the Ravens Super Bowl favorites? Because it's kind of hard not to feel that way. Yeah. Um, to me, they I, look I think... like the number one team in the NFL. Like I take the Ravens yeah. over the Forty ers I think right now the 49er they are what the 49ers were what three three and a half weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I mean they're just right now just heads and shoulders above everybody else in my opinion. Um, you can't go out and beat the 49ers who was then what we thought the number one team by you know two touchdowns, mm-hmm. and then go and beat what possibly was probably the, another top three team in Miami and beating them like, like they did. Right. That's incredible. Yeah, and I, you know, and I, like I said, Baltimore's playing terrific football at the, at the right time. Um, I think they've. Let's see here. They're gonna. Let's see. What's their record right now? I know they only have three losses. Let me look at the record. Uh, thirteen and three. Thirteen. Thirteen. Third. Yeah, thirteen and three. Their last. Their last loss was to Cleveland at home when they lost by two, and they haven't lost since then. And they've actually played. Let's see. They've played the Bengals, the Chargers, the Rams, the Jag at. Uh, at the Jaguars, at 49ers, and then against the Dolphins. I mean, that's that's not that's not an easy stretch right there by any means necessary. I don't care who's on the football field, who's hurt, who's healthy. Um, yeah, that's not an easy stretch whatsoever. Then you have to end with the Steelers, a division rival. Um, and regardless, I, I understand that Lamar Jackson's not playing this weekend, but either way, that that's a tough game to end on. And so they've already clinched number one seed. Um, right now, yes. You could definitely say you could definitely say that they are a Super Bowl favorite, um, just because of the level of the amount of consistency um, that we have seen, and it looks like uh, if if we look at the of course the playoff pictures, uh, it, we're it's it's going to be a total mess after this weekend, especially if the Jaguars end up losing. I know um, that's going to be the bit. if the Jags lose to the Titans, brah. <laughs> it's I'm telling you, man, it's 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 going to be bad. Uh, 
<laughs> but um, it, it's it's definitely gonna look it's definitely gonna look a little rough because the winner of the Indianapolis and Texans look like th- they could be in. They, no, they um, will be. So, I as far as I know, they will be. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, just yeah, just look just looking at the big picture right now, though. Um, you know, Baltimore, they could play Cleveland again. They could play Miami again, mm-hmm. and it could be a totally. They could play Kansas City. It could be a totally different show. It's definitely not going to be an easy road in the playoffs. But yeah, I think no matter um, what, I think no matter what, <clears throat> you don't want to see either one of those teams in the playoffs, Miami or Cleveland. No, no matter how good you're playing, I would say a little bit. I I, I would say a little bit more toward the Cleveland end than of I course. would Miami. Look, I'd I mean, of course, but listen. For, I mean, of course, but right now the way they're the way Cleveland's offensive I'm line and running back shit for Joe Flacco, game, man, he's a demon right now. Yeah, I mean, and they've got right. that offensive line going. They've got that run game going. The Joku's looking like he should be an All Pro this year. You got Joe Flacco throwing what four three hundred yard games, which before this, before this, Cleveland hasn't had a three hundred yard passer in yep. like two and a half years, and Joe Flacco does it four times in five games, like. I am rooting for a Detroit Lions Cleveland Browns Super Bowl. I'm rooting for it so much. <laughs> Imagine. Legendary. Imagine. Real talk. If the, the if the Browns make the Super Bowl with Joe Flacco, how bad of a position do you think that puts the Browns in next year? Uh horrible. Horrible position. And if that happens, I will go buy me a Joe Flacco jersey the next day. <laughs> Honestly, if that happened, though, I think Joe Flacco may have actually just retire. I think he was like, you know, what? Oh, I got, a, sure. I got another yeah. one. Like, you know, like, I got a I, ring with the Cleveland Browns, dude. Yeah. I don't care who you are, Hall of Famer. Yeah, you're going. I think, to the, I think you're going to Canton, buddy. Yeah, I think that's first. it. First ballot. You're going to Canton. You won a Super Bowl with yeah. the fucking Cleveland Browns. You know, okay. I think he would just be like, you know what? You know, I won the Super Bowl with the Browns. First ballot Hall of Famer for myself. I'm Browns. You know what? I think I still got a little gas in the tank, but you know, I'm not gonna make it difficult on you guys. This is Watson's team. I'm gone. Peace. I got. I got what I wanted. I made history. <laughs> like, and, you know, he went into the Super Bowl with the Ravens. They already won one. You know, like that's what this is. This is this is the Browns. <laughs> you know. And let's be honest. Here's, here's something else. And uh, this will be real quick, Ricky. I'm sorry. And let's be okay. honest. We will all look forward to the announcer saying the Browns are going to the Super Bowl. Oh yeah. Because let's face it. We've all been saying that for the last 20 years. Yep. When we're going to go take a dump. True. <laughs> yep, exactly. And something else, though, if the Browns make the Super Bowl, this better be the highest rated Super Bowl in the history of all Super Bowls. For the simple fact is we may never see this again. <laughs> oh, right? for sure. I mean, for 15 years, these teams were fighting for the number one pick. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm so rooting for it, y'all. I'm telling you, I'm rooting for it. You know, oh, I would love it. The thing is, like, it's, dude, it. it's legitimately possible, man. I mean, the Browns are they are hot at the right time. Joe Flacco, he's playing hot, man. If the 2012 Joe Flacco walks into this playoffs and has the same level of playoff run that he had then, which is still historic, the Browns are are the most dangerous team in the AFC. And I think really, I think really, the only only team that the Browns aren't really looking forward to playing is the Browns. I mean, is the Ravens, right? Yeah. I think if the Browns can avoid the Ravens, you could very well see them. I think they they have the talent, they have the coaching, they have the team to make it to the championship game. They just got to avoid the the Ravens. True. 
Hey, and I will tell y'all this right now, and I am saying this on the record. If Cleveland continues to win, I will root for Detroit to beat anybody, including my Cowboys. <laughs> just, just so I can see Detroit, just so I can see the Lions against the Browns of the Super Bowl. I, just, I want to see it happen. Please let it happen. That'd be the I will root for the Browns up. just so that, that historical moment. When we when we hear Joe Buck say the Browns are going to the Super Bowl, I would love it. We all we it. all we all cheer at the same moment, same time. Be legendary. This the Browns be, are going to the Super Bowl. This is gonna be it. one of the most interesting playoffs that we've ever had. I mean, top to bottom. I mean, you got this Ravens be, team that looks good. unbelievable. The Browns are on a hot streak with Joe freaking Flacco. Um, you know, the Colts are and the Texans both are looking pretty hot. You know, their game is going to punch them in, in my opinion, that seven seed. I mean, it's going to be interesting, man. You got the Lions looking as good as they do. San Fran, the Cowboys, you know, the, the Rams are getting hot at the right time. Man, I'm looking forward to the playoffs. I'm looking forward to this weekend, some of these games going on. Uh, the Rams are another team that I would not want to be playing. Yeah, right now, no, 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 I would not. Like, they, 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 been, they might be nine and seven right now. They've had some struggles. Uh, but man, they are playing hot right when it matters. I mean, they barely lost and to the Ravens. To make to make things interesting, it looks like the Lions and the Rams are going to be playing each other in the first round. Oh, talk which about be, which drama. will be interesting, right? Talk about drama. The Rams, the Rams have to try. Matthew Stafford and the Rams have to travel back to Ford Field, where he was an oh, icon for that team. Yeah. Man, this is stories, gonna, man. This is gonna man. The NFL script writers have knocked oh, down the part oh, this year. NFL script writers, their their pages on fire right now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm uh, telling you, it's in the script. It's the in Cleveland the script. Browns are going to the Super Bowl. It's gonna happen. Now, if we want to believe in the script, it's just gonna be the 49ers and the Ravens based on the Super Bowl uh, co- uh, logo. Yep. Yeah, logo, yep. <laughs> I've seen I've seen those jokes the last two years. The logo colors happen to be the teams that went. So, uh, anyway, let's go to college, boys. These uh, these playoff games, man, looked legendary, right? You know, I think uh, I think everyone's calming down on the committee a little bit. You know, that the committee got it right. You know, I mean, we we, we talked quite a bit of that. Me and Ricky did. Um, you know about uh, how the committee. You know, if they got it right or not, we were in the boat. They did, uh, just based on the circumstances at hand. And I feel like these games proved it. I agree. Sixty. Which- Three to three. That I mean, <laughs> oh my which, gosh! Which also, I think um, I forgot who was the announcer. I think, and I don't know what game it was, but they said that um, the last seven years or whatever, all semifinal games were were decided by I think seventeen points or more, mm-hmm. and that last year and this year were the first years that they were decided by one score or less. So. Man, with that Georgia-Florida yeah, State game, good. I've seen a lot of people immediately turn or, like, you know, Florida State didn't have, like, ha- over half their players or whatever all opted out and stuff. And then I also saw another statistic that popped up that Georgia was also missing, like, 27 players and Florida State was missing 27 players. I mean, yeah. I mean, let's look at the landscape of all your top-tier D1 schools, right? It's yeah. depth. You got to have depth. Yeah. Bama, Florida, Ohio State, or not Florida, uh, Bama, uh, Georgia, Ohio State, like all of these teams that Michigan. are consistently good, they have depth. 
Yeah. So no matter what, they can have their entire starters subbed out, and they're still going to be putting up points. That's why you have your defensive line are eight, nine deep. I mean, I don't think the, the opt-out is an excuse. I, I think, agree. okay, well, you're just admitting that your depth is shit, so therefore you're not as good as the team as you think you are. So therefore, your your point is hurting your own point. Right. So I, I, I wish Jacob was here to answer this question. I'll let you guys answer this question. Does it really hurt Ron Day more since he only scored three points against Missouri? Ron Day is very aggressively on the hot seat. Yeah, I like think Missouri's no a damn what. good team. Don't get me wrong, but uh, you know Ohio State. Like I understand, there's the whole quarterback situation that they have a, the abomination that is a number thirty three quarterback on the field and stuff. I get it. Whatever. Oh, I wanted to punch the screen when I saw. God, that. that makes me so mad. I also found out that apparently Lincoln Riley's got the same thing down at USC. That which that further pissed me off too. Either way, different conversation. I ranted about that last week, but like yo. Again, you're Ohio State, man. You're supposed to have all this depth. You're supposed to have these, you know, quarterback after quarterback after quarterback. Okay, if that's the case, let's see. Uh, Lincoln ended with a 20.4 QBR, and Devin, with the horrible 33 number, ended with a 10.8 QBR. Where's that depth? Like, where, like, where is it at? You know, like, I, I think it looks bad on uh, Ryan Day and that team. I really do. I mean, you still had your starting, you still had your starting running back with Trayvon. You know, Marvin Harrison did not play, but you still had your other starting receiver, Amika. I mean, you still had other good players playing in this game. I understand the quarterback thing is it, you didn't have the guy that you drove out of town who's now going to be Syracuse Orange. But, I mean, still, like, you're supposed to have this depth. Where is it at? Ryan Day is on the hot seat up front. Like, uh, I understand he's got a very high winning record, but he's not winning the games that he needs to win. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that, I, he, he may not win the Big Ten next year, gentlemen. There's going to be some good Big Ten teams next year. I, don't, I mean, yeah, I don't you got Oregon is. coming in. You got Washington coming. Washington coming in. Yeah. I mean, the 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 the, the Big Ten, the Big Ten, is going to be a lot more competitive than just two teams like we've seen for the last eight years. Right. Which I still hate that shit. I really do. I hate that. I hate what's happening to the to the game of college football, from the realignment stuff to the the opt outs and everything. Like at, at this point, get rid of the bowl games. I mean, get rid of them, or at least cut down how many they are. I hate to say that because I want teams like like my Hawaii Warriors to have an opportunity at a championship that they will not have, and that's where these little bowl games come in and stuff. But dude, teams don't give a shit about the bowl games anymore. They just don't. Shout out to Garrett Wilson tweeting about that. He's like, man, bowl games used to mean something. And then people. Yeah, when he opted out. Yeah, then when he really he got opted out. Opted out. Like, yeah. come on, bro. Shut <laughs> yeah. the fuck up. Oh, that was hilarious. But uh, bowl games just don't mean a damn thing anymore. And, you know, the more and more that uh, time is passing, you know, since uh, he said it, the more and more that I keep thinking about what Chip Kelly said about how he would break down college football landscape. And I cannot agree with him more. I mean, it just makes so much damn sense. Because, I mean, like, his biggest example of, like, you know, he's just like, you know, just because football's going to the Big Ten, why does everyone else have to? And it's like, okay, you want to try to argue that? What about Notre Dame? They're independent in football. They're in the ACC and everything else. So why can't we do that? You know what I mean? Like, why why is it why does it have to be everyone go? I mean, I understand it's for more money. I get that. But, but like, you're also hurting your other athletics program because it's going to be for all these schools. Every school that's making these changes, they're going besides football, there's in you know, maybe basketball if they're a damn good basketball team, like Arizona, for example, 
uh, going to the Big Ten or Big Twelve. Sorry, um, they're they're going to hurt from this. The other athletic uh, you know programs at that at that school. So I don't know. I've only I've only got two things spot. against that. Is for one, I look forward to it for the only reason of competition, right? Because I mean, let's face it. Like I said, with the Big Ten, it's been two teams the last ten years, right? And the only other only other team that's been relevant in the last ten years was Wisconsin was relevant for maybe two years. Michigan State was relevant for maybe three years, um, and even then, like they weren't really like winning the big game, right? So bringing in these teams like an Oregon or Washington, who is my favorite to win the national championship this year. It's going to add some pedigree to to this, and it's going to add some uh, some beef to that conference to where eventually we can't say, oh, well, they got snubbed because they're in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Um, now, my next thing moving on from that is I look forward to seeing the ACC doing the same thing and pretty much dissolving too because it's going to happen. Oh, it will. Right. The ACC is so weak right now, they're going to dissolve. Depending on where they go, we'll see. But... Um, and then third, only thing that sucks, uh, as I agree with you, is that, you know, like the softballs, your soccer, your track, your field, your, you know, your lower golf, things like that, your lower tier sports that don't get as much funding. Um, they're going to be hurting as far as getting funding. But the thing is, like, even from day one, most of the time your basketball and your football pay for those sports anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a that's a good that's a good point there. So I mean, you go to a bigger conference with more money, more advertisement, um, bigger games. So therefore, you're going to be getting more money in. So therefore, you can disperse more money out to those mm-hmm. to those sports that you already paying for. That's yeah, fair. and I think TV deals are going to go well too. No, for sure. Yeah. Because I'm I'm excited to see what CBS does, right? Because they're not carrying SEC teams anymore. Mm-hmm. They're not carrying like there will be no longer SEC on ABC or CBS anymore. I think that's going to hurt their programs too. So maybe CBS and and ABC picks up on a Big Ten or a Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. You know, that'd be a big get for them. I think Fox owns the rights to those. Yeah, but big, I mean, let, let's be let's, but let's be honest. In my opinion, CBS and ABC has been, I mean, that's been the epitome of, of SEC football and their TV deal. True. And I think that's the reason why they're not carried. They just couldn't come to terms with money. Also, I agree. Also on a sidebar with the college conversation, um, you know, I, I know we are already kind of in agreement with it just because it just it truly does feel very empty. But even I feel like this weekend even further kind of drove the narrative. Did they get it? Uh, do, can we all continue to agree they got it wrong on the Heisman? Oh, for sure. Like what? Oh, yeah. Jaden yeah. Daniels? Yeah. No. I, I don't even think he was shipping in top three. I, I mean, is that a hot take? Yes and no. I mean, I I, I would say yes because like there are stats that kind of back it up, but it's not a hot take because like our argument was where the hell has he been? Like he's putting up stats, but like his team's never been in it. You know, he didn't even play this weekend. Like I mean, come on. Like what what are we doing? Like do do they need to change when they give out the Heisman and the in these awards? They need to change the time period of when they give it out. I think so. I think they need to give it out after the bowl games. 
after the bowl games or like right before the championship? Because look at the NFL and how they do the awards. You know what I mean? Like there's I mean, like, yeah, well, I think no, you should... don't. No, you don't want to do it right before the championship game. You do not want to take players that are possibly in the in the championship game and take their focus off that championship game and and oh, make that, sure they go fair. to some Heisman ceremony. But yeah, no, I would not. I wouldn't put it anywhere near. Keep it where it's at. Either keep it where it's at or wait till the games are over with and do some kind of postseason ceremony. Some big postseason ceremony where we can announce the Heisman winner along with all these other crappy. Awards I mean, no one cares about anymore. I mean, yeah, in, in my opinion, I think the best thing is to do it after the national championship game. That's fair. Do it do it like the do it like the Thursday or Friday or Saturday after. Like now, yeah, I mean, I, maybe 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 voting maybe voting stops like before the national championship game. That would and uh, then, that would be fair. Or maybe even stops before um, the semifinals. Yeah, something like that, maybe. And then the vote, Here's, then the actual award is. I feel, I feel know, like that would be the, what they would have to do because if you didn't, the Heisman winner would almost nine point nine times out of ten always be someone who made the championship. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 the Heisman winner, guys, is a season winner, not a postseason winner. Yeah. I I thought it should have gone to Bo Nix or Penix, and I understand I understand like you know the latency would have been more toward Penix because he he beat you know he beat Oregon twice. Yeah. Um. But but I mean you know you look at statistics you look at the eye test, um, I I'll still I'll still defend that Bo Nix was the best college quarterback this year. I don't care. I mean, even though he's been in there for like five thousand I mean, years. I mean no. I agree. I mean I agree. <laughs> I one hundred percent agree with you. I think as far as I don't know, I don't know what the draft boards are looking like right now. But I have Bo Nix as my number one quarterback on the draft board. I know most people probably have Caleb Williams. I have Bo Nix number one, Penix number two, in my opinion. But the thing is, I think even if I was if if I was a voter this year, I think I still would have gave it to Penix only because of the two head to head wins against Bo Nix. Even though I still agree that Bo Nix is the best quarterback in the country right now. Yeah, so yeah, that's fair. I don't I don't know where where my ranking is going to be right now uh, for the quarterbacks because uh, my issue with Bo and Penix from an NFL standpoint. Is I know Penix has had some injury issues in the past, plus his age. And with Bo Nix, it's his age, which is a good thing and a bad thing. You know what I mean? It's a double-edged sword. One side you get experience, one side you get a lot older quarterback. You know what I mean? Less time. So it, it's I, I'm I'm not saying but, it as a bad thing. I'm just saying it as something that I know teams look at it from a bad thing. My only my only my only debate against the age thing is we're seeing quarterbacks now play 37, 38, 39, 40 True. years old now. True. I mean, the the rules in the NFL when it comes to quarterbacks are helping quarterbacks be in the league longer. So therefore, you know, if they spend an extra year or two in college, it's not going to hurt them as as bad as it was, you know, five, six years ago Yeah. when quarterbacks were only staying until they were 32, 33, 34, 35 at the most. Mm-hmm. Now they're staying up until closer to 40. I mean, that's five years is five years. Right. No, and and you're right. I mean, like in Bo Nix's case, I got his pulled up. He's played five years of college football starting. Uh, Michael Penix, I mean, he's played for six years in college. So what, Penix is what, 25, and Bo is what, 24? Probably, I think that's about right, 25. They might both be 25 around there. So, I mean, mean, worst case scenario, you get 10 years out of them. Best case, you get 15. If, I mean, and let's be honest, most quarterbacks – 
they probably retire after seven or eight years anyways. Right. Um, I mean, Delphi. very rare Delphi. will you see uh, Matthew Stafford, uh, you know, Delphi. a Tom Brady, a Drew Brees <laughs> getting 15 years. So right now, this is one of the this is one of the draft orders as far as quarterback goes, um, which I disagree that Caleb Williams is number one. But okay, uh, Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, Michael Penix Jr., Bo Nix. That's the top five. Below them is Quinn Edwards, JJ McCarthy, Michael Pratt, Spencer Rattler, and Jordan Travis round out the top ten. Let's see. I would probably put Caleb in between the five and seven range. Because I'm taking Bo Nix over him. I'm taking Drake May over him. I'm taking Michael Penix over him. Yeah, I just... Maybe someone will pick up Caleb Williams in the first round. Hopefully it's not Chicago. Oh, he'll, um, he's going top but, five. I'll go ahead. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll go yeah, ahead. I was going to say, he's not now. only going top uh, first round. He'll go in the top ten, not if not top five. No, he, he'll he'll be a top fiver. If, I'll, I'll say it right now. If Caleb Williams is not a top fiver, like, I will shit my pants on the show. Like, I will get up, take my shorts <laughs> down, get a bucket, and I will take a shit right then and there. Uh, I promise you. Like, he, I he'll, don't, I'm just saying, I don't know. He'll be top I five. Mean, you look at the t- – Let's see who's. Let's see. Let me think. Who has the top five picks? Let me look at let Bears me look and at Washington. Cool. Washington's all you need to know. They're gonna get Caleb Williams. Yeah. I don't think. I don't think yeah. if Washington if, if Washington doesn't get him, I don't think he passes New England at three. True. He doesn't get any farther than three. Drake May. I can see the argument for him falling out of the top five, uh, but Caleb is not. He's not. I'm not saying it from something of where I believe he is like the best quarterback in this draft and will be the best quarterback for 10 years plus. I think Caleb does have a lot of talent, but at the same time, I mean, any quarterback that plays the level that he's played in college, let's be honest, they have talent. They have talent to play the game. Uh, But you also see him struggle against the good competition. When he's got a good team, like I've said before, if Caleb was, was a starter for a group of five team, right, and struggled against good competition, all right, that's pretty understandable because you probably don't have as good of a team as the good competition you're going against. But he should have the same level of team that he's going up against, and he struggled. So do I think he's going to be a good NFL quarterback? Eh, no. I think it's possible, yeah, but I don't think he's not the safe bet that I've seen for other players. You know what I mean? He's not like the Andrew Luck coming out where I'm like, this dude is the safest bet. Like, there's no no ifs. In, or C.J. Stroud is how I felt last year, that he was the safest bet. He's not that level, but he's going to be a first-round talent. Um, how long? How good of a talent is he going to be? I don't know. I mean, he might be like a, you know, 10 to 20 range quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, a lot of the a lot of the drafts I've seen, I have seen a minimum of three to four quarterbacks being taken in the first round on most of the drafts that I've seen so far. Yep, that's that's kind of what I'm thinking is how it's going to go too. I think Bo Nix will make it I, to the I, first I, round. Michael Penix, I'm kind of I'm I don't know if he'll make it in the first. I think he should, but I don't know if he will. We'll see. Someone someone will take a risk just you know just for the simple fact is, is that the experience that they have already. Yeah, I agree. He, like Michael Penix, like if Bo Nix and Michael Penix don't go in the first, they're not making it past the second, in my opinion. No, for sure. I'll say I'll say this much: I think this is a better quarterback draft class than what we've seen in the last two or three years. But I, I agree. I, my per, my personal opinion, guys, I wouldn't take either. I wouldn't take any of these quarterbacks in the first round. That's just me. 
I mean, that's been that's been our, our argument for the last what three years. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And we thought Kenny Pickett was going to work out. Now he's you know, he's being he's just not working out right now. So hopefully, hopefully that'll turn around. I'm not giving up on Pickett. Hopefully the thing Pickett that, that the thing that irks me about Pickett is those fucking two gloves that he wears. I'm sorry. Leave the two gloves alone. Yeah. As as somebody that 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 played football <laughs> at the quarterback position, throwing two gloves, bro, that is insane. Le- See, le- that's why Teddy Bridgewater's yeah. retiring after this year, dude. Two gloves. Le- le- leave the two gloves alone. The two gloves are fine. <laughs> I like I like the gloves. Come on now. But two? No. I like the gloves. That's wild. I like the gloves. Well, see, whenever I throw, I'm also a weirdo, and I don't throw with laces. I didn't. I didn't when I was younger. When I was in, when I was in like junior high, I didn't. Um, not until my hand got big enough. To then, uh, then I started grabbing the laces and and learning how to properly do that. But yeah, for a long time, I didn't throw with laces either. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a laces guy. Whenever I'm throwing. I can, I can spin it when it's no... I mean, I can spin it either way, but I, I, I can spin it a lot better uh, with no laces. I'm like, uh, there was a quarterback from the 70s that did that a lot. I don't remember if it was Fran Tarkenton or not. Um, I cannot remember his name if it was Fran. I don't know. I don't think it was Fran. Uh, there, was some in, there was some quarterback from the 70s who that was the way that he played in the NFL. So he threw no laces. Shot to him. He made he he let me feel... He, he made me feel seen. I'm like, yes, there's someone else. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but anyway, uh, so yeah, Nat, Natty coming up on Monday, Washington and Michigan, two best teams in the country. So can't wait for it. Uh, I'm saying it now, boys, wa- Michigan's going to win. Calling it now. Book it. History will repeat itself. I believe in fate. I believe. I in think fate. Washington's yeah, I, I, got I, it. I just think, I, I, I think Michigan though, has just shown, shown the most consistency, consistency throughout the entire year. The one thing though, Shane, um, Michigan's a little meaner, and that and that goes a long way. I agree. And so, but but <laughs> the thing, the the weakest part of Michigan's defense is their secondary. Now their secondary is still very good. Don't get me wrong, very good. Right? They 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 lock down Alabama. But the thing is, they I don't think they've seen a receiving core like Washington has, for one. And I, I, and don't I know Washington's Washington, pretty close. I mean, they're close. They're close. Probably as close as they're going to get. But I think Washington's receiving core is outstanding. Best in the country by far. And then for two, I think the one thing that's going to hurt Washington, though, I think their running back may be out. Because the injury he had in the semifinal game looked pretty serious. So, But Shane, there's one, there's one thing, though. There's one thing you didn't point out. One thing that you and I have always talked about. It's offensive both defensive lines. line and Michigan. Yeah. That defensive line for Michigan is what's going to really cause what's what's really going to cause. I you know right now, of course, it opened up a six and a half point favorite for Michigan. Now I think it's close. It's uh, it's down to four and a half. Um, I, I just think Michigan's a little bit meaner. They have a lot more experience, and I don't think they're going to make the same mistakes that they did against Alabama. Um, to me, and this is just me. I thought Michigan Alabama was the actual national championship game. I just, I don't, I don't know if Washington's going to be able to handle that defensive front. I, I just don't think they're going to be able to do it. The only thing, the only, there's one way you can beat that defensive front, front, and that's moving the pocket, right? 
that's doing your boots, your rollouts, and things like that, your screens. But the thing is, though, I don't think if somehow Washington's able to get past that line, right, whether it is your boots and your rollouts and your screens and, and things like that, um, if they're able to get past that front seven and then uh, and able to attack the secondary, I think that's where Michigan's going to be coming short. And, and then on the back end, I don't think Michigan's offense can keep up with that. So it is going to come down to that front seven for Michigan. If they're not able to get pressure on him um, and consistently disrupt Michael Penix, it's going to be an issue. Very true, very true. But I, you know, I also believe that when you, when you look at Washington's defense, they're not the defense that Michigan's played all season long. Um, Washington's defense is not what you would consider a top tier defense by any means. Yeah, Michigan. I will agree. Michigan, I will agree Michigan, with that. Michigan, Michigan runs the football, and they run a lot of clock. And as I, long as I agree. Ahead, I think I think Washington do. Washington has by far the worst defense out of the top four teams that were there. Um. So I I, I do agree with you. I do agree with you on that. Uh, so, so now here's I think here's Michigan will be able to run the ball on Washington very well. But here here's something, Shane, that I think I will agree with you on. Washington has a chance. They better hope they get the ball first to start the game, and they better hope they score right away. And then I'll see Washington having a chance. I agree. Yeah, that's true. They need to keep they need to keep Michigan's offense back on their heels. Pretty much playing from behind the entire game. Cause if not, the second that Michigan does get the lead or even ties the game, it's over. It's over. With. It's over <laughs> yeah. with. Because you're not gonna be able to stop Blake Corum. I'm sorry, you're not. And that offensive line, you're not gonna be able to do it. Yeah. You're right. Uh, I think I think Michigan's got the best offensive defensive line out of the four that we had, and I think Washington's defense is probably the worst out of the four that we had. So, and their offense sometimes does make up for it, but it just it like you said that it can can they overcome that secondary, or or more you know you know the less of the threat is the secondary obviously, but can they overcome the defensive front? If they can move the pocket and do those things, yeah, I can see them having a chance. But we'll, like I said, we'll see. It's going to be a good game. Yeah, and even then, and like Hopefully I said, Michigan's, last year. Michigan's secondary is, is still very good. Don't get me wrong. But they're just not the strength of that defense. That's all I was saying. Right, yeah, you're right. And, and the thing you're is right. also is I, I can say the same thing about Washington, too. Washington's defense is not, not up to par with Michigan anyways. But again, they're they're – their strength is their secondary, not their front seven. Yep, I'll agree with I'll agree with that. Yeah, you're right. I'll agree with that. Yeah. Hey, as long as that, as long as the game is better than last year's, I don't give a shit. I mean, it's gonna be kind of hard to not be better than last <laughs> yeah, year's. That's true. That's true. Uh, all right, boys. The game you... was over in the first quarter. Ah, dude, I know that game was a shit show. Whatever. I don't understand how. TCU played uh, Michigan so well the week before, uh, and then just that. I don't know, man. That's ridiculous. Um, boys, you got anything else we want to chat about? If not, let's hit our picks and get out of here. Sounds good to me. You got anything, Shane? Nope. Actually, you know, I got one random shout-out because Tyler sent me this. 
I always knew there was a reason I didn't like this guy, and this further proved it. Uh, so DJ Ulegalele committed to Florida State. So Florida State's gonna be mid as shit next year. Uh, also, uh, I think Montana and South Dakota State playing the FCS championship they this do. coming Sunday. Yep. Who? Montana and South Dakota State. But no, with the DJ thing, my response back to Tyler is that this further proves this man cannot handle any, uh, you know, um, uh, adversity. Can't handle any adversity. Couldn't handle it. Clemson couldn't handle it. Can't handle it. Oregon State. So good luck to him with fuck Florida State. See how well that runs for him. But anyway, all right, let's gonna let's get to the pick. So the bowl mania stuff's come to a close. Shout out to. Uh, Ricky and Jacob for coming in first uh, with 24. I did horrible. 18. I did horrible. No, you didn't. You got you went 22 and 20. I mean, that's right there amongst everyone. You know, you're two games back. That's not bad. Can't complain about that, you know? I I did bad. I did very bad. I hate bowl games. Bowl games are wild, man. Uh, at least I did better than Tyler and Brady. Shout out to that. Fuck Brady. Piece of shit. Love him. Uh, anyway, let's get to the NFL picks because that's all we got. Uh, well, I guess national championship. Who you boys got? Give me Michigan. Uh, history will repeat itself, as I said last week, and I'll say it. I, me- I messed it up last week. My bad. But you know, I'll say I'll give the full breakdown. The last time that the Lions won the division, Michigan went to the Rose Bowl and they beat Washington. I think history will repeat itself. Michigan's going to beat Washington on Monday night. Give me, give me the Wolverines. Yeah, I'll, I will also I will also take Michigan, and I will also take South Dakota State back to back. Yeah, give me South Dakota FCS State. FCS champions. Yeah, give me South Dakota State. I'm gonna go opposite. I'm gonna go Washington, and then give me Montana. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Whatever. Try, try to be different. <laughs> All right, let's get to the NFL. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens once again. Mike Tomlin finishes the year without a, with a winning record. Unbelievable. <laughs> Absolutely insane. Uh, yeah, definitely insane. So the Steelers true. are one of the Ravens' three losses. Lamar Jackson's not playing. Tyler Huntley's set to start. Tyler Huntley's still a good player. He didn't deserve a Pro Bowl last year, but he's still a good player. This is actually a tough one to pick. I mean, Pittsburgh's got something to play for. Baltimore kind of doesn't. What do you guys think? How you guys feel, how you guys leaning on this? I think Baltimore still wins it. So, can I guys just give you a scenario right now of where we are at as far as the whole playoff prediction goes? If Pittsburgh wins, they will be... Let me look at this real quick so that way I can get this correctly. Where did I put that at? Well, if Pittsburgh no. wins, I don't, I don't know if they will be the seventh seed. I think Houston or Indy technically got the edge on them. I- Yes, yes, because right now, let's look here. Yeah, because I will have, because I had I had Jacksonville winning the division. I had nobody else coming out. So, if, uh, which I'm, I'm going to go ahead and play it out this way. I'm going to pick Baltimore just because I want this to play out. If Baltimore and Indianapolis both win, I will correctly predict one through seven in the playoffs. Um on the AFC side, and I have a very good chance of the NFC as well. <laughs> so are you, are, you, are you going Baltimore? Yeah, I'm going Baltimore. Uh, 
responsible for that. I'm going Steelers in Houston. What's up? <laughs> I'm, <just> kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Give me Baltimore. Give me Baltimore. Yeah, give me Baltimore. All right, Houston and Indy. This is a big one. These teams have something to play for. You know, you guys know where I'm going. I'm going Minshew Mania. Give me the Indianapolis Colts, even though I don't like the Colts, but I love Minshew Mania. Minshew Mania in the playoffs, baby. Let's go. Yeah, Minshew Mania in the playoffs. It's, it's got to happen. It's part of the script. It's part of the script. AFC Championship. Colts, Browns. Let's get it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to India as well. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't. Me personally, I don't want to see the Texans make such a good leap that first year with CJ Stroud. So I would love to see Indy there in the playoffs instead. All right, Atlanta, New Orleans. Give me New Orleans. Yeah, I will, I will also take New Orleans. I will do the trifecta. Give me New Orleans. Jacksonville and Tennessee. Give me Jacksonville. Yeah, I, I can't see ja- – now, that, they'll have Trevor Lawrence back on. Or they have him back last week. No, he was out last week. I think we get him back this week. And, uh, they've got to make the playoffs here. They got they got to do something. This – this season cannot fall apart that bad. Give me Jacksonville. Yeah, give me uh, Duval. Minnesota and Detroit. Give me Detroit. Yep. Give me the Lions. Yeah, I, th- I think the Lions win regardless. The Jets and the Patriots. Battle of the shit show. Give me the Jets. Uh, no. <sighs> Did again, New England's played well here lately the last few weeks, so that's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing that's, that makes me scratch my head on this. New England has actually played very well. I'll take the upset. Give me New England, if you consider that an upset. Um. Yeah. Oh, there he is. Sorry, I actually clicked on another voice channel and another Discord. I'm so sorry. Give me New England as well. Uh, all right, Tampa Bay and Carolina. Give me Tampa Bay. Yeah, yeah give, me give me Tampa, Tampa Bay, Bay and Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay will clinch the division. Host Baker. the playoff game, I think. Baker, Baker, shout out to Baker, Baker, baby. Hey, hey, what if we saw Baker in, in the Cleveland Browns play each other? Hey, that could be the scenario. That would be, be great. The, uh, that wait, would be great. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, wait, they're NFC. Never mind. Never mind. Yep. Never mind. I'll, I'll look at the wrong side of the bracket. Hey, but, hey, I'm down for a Tampa Super Bay, Bay Cleveland Browns. Hey, I'm Bowl. down for a Tampa Bay, Cleveland Browns Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm down for the chaos. Tampa Bay and, and, and Cleveland Super Bowl. I'm down for it. Cleveland and Cincinnati. Yeah, I'm, the wrong bracket. I'm going Cleveland here. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm going Cleveland. They're resting all their starters, but I still think they can get the dub. Mm. Yeah, I mean, Cincinnati, I mean, Jamar Chase is not 100%. Um, if he even is playing right now. And then uh, I'm pretty sure Joe Mixon's banged up as well. No Joe Burrow. I mean. Mm. Give me the Bengals at home. Uh, Seattle. Yeah, I'll take the Bengals too. Seattle and Arizona. Look, I don't know how Arizona was able to win last week. Um, they but, also beat the Cowboys. But it ends. Seattle gets the dub. Nope, give me the Cardinals. I'm also t- <laughs> taking the Cardinals as well. All right, here's the Bears Super Bowl: Chicago and Green Bay. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Go Pack, go! Wow, you know who it's about, baby. Bear down. Justin Fields is going to 100% save his job this weekend. 
I hope so, but go Petco. Uh, trust me, me too. So if I looked at this correctly earlier, if Green Bay wins, they will have the tiebreaker over Seattle based on the strength of their wins. Oh, then go um, Chicago. Fuck that. <laughs> Green, here's the thing, though. <laughs> here's the thing, though. I need Green Bay to play Dallas in the first round, and I need Dallas to beat the ever living crap out of them. I want, I want Green Bay in the, I want Green Bay in the playoffs. But what I'll if it back? But what wow. if it backfires and Jordan Love outplays Dak? Then I am forever probably <laughs> going to quit being a Dallas Cowboy fan. Because I'm not gonna lie, I'm not gonna lie. Jordan Love is my surprise this year. He's played tremendous. His stats are too identical to Aaron Rodgers' first year and it, starting. I'm just saying. I'm just it's saying scary. it I hate could it. happen, but I, and, and you know it could backfire and it could happen. But if it does happen, I am writing a letter to Jerry Jones myself. I don't care if I got to find his house. Get rid of Dak Prescott. That's that's. What's <laughs> All right. Next up, Philly and the Giants. Give me Philly. Give me Philly. Philly. Rams and the Niners. Are the Niners setting a lot of people? They should. They clinched. I would. I, I they yeah, I would think so. I think they clinched number one. So I'm going Rams. Give me Rams. I, give me. I think I called Rams a couple weeks ago. Give me Rams. Yeah, I'm, I'm also. Gonna, I'm also going to take the Rams, but I'm also going to see if the Niners have already clinched because I don't think. I don't. I think they clinch. I think they clinch with the win. No, they've already clinched. They've already clinched. They've, they've seed. already clinched. They've already okay. clinched it. Yep, they've already clinched it. Uh, all right, next up, Denver and Vegas. Give me Vegas. I want to yeah, say Denver. I, I want to say played. Denver, but I'm going Vegas. Yeah, Vegas has been playing a lot better here lately, and even though this game means absolutely nothing, um, then again. I did say Denver was good. Let me look at let me look at my in my little season portal quick before I do this, because I think I had Denver going uh, nine and eight this year. Yes, I did. Give me Denver. Uh, next up, KC and the Chargers. KC's setting a lot of people as well since they're not moving from where they are at the three spot. Um, I don't know. I mean, Chargers are I think really KC, banged up. I think up. KC still wins it. I think KC still wins it, honestly. Chargers are really banged up right now. Give me KC. I'm, I'm taking the Chargers. That's fair. I respect that. Uh, Dallas and Washington. Give me Dallas. Give me Dallas. Yep, and Dallas will clinch the two seed and hopefully have the first two rounds at home. And then the most important game of the week, this one's for the AFC East, the second most important being probably the Colts and the Texans. Uh, this one is Buffalo and Miami. Didn't Buffalo beat the shit out of Miami yeah. last time they played? They, yeah. They, they did. They did. Um, yeah, yeah, they, they did. Yeah, because this one, uh, the winner will get the two seed. The loser will most likely get the six seed. Because I think Cleveland... I'm trying to see how this one would work if Miami were to lose because I don't think they played Cleveland head-to-head -head this year. Let me look and see before I open up my mouth. No, they did not play Cleveland head-to-head -head this year. Um, I think – I'm wanting to say that if, if they tied, I'm wanting to say that Cleveland would still get that five seed. 
the loser of this game will most likely get that six seed. Um, I'm, I'm going to take Miami just because they're at home. Wouldn't surprise me if Buffalo comes back and wins this game, though. Wouldn't surprise me one bit. Give me Buffalo. I called it a couple weeks ago that I thought Buffalo was going to win this one, become the number two seed. I'm going to stick with it. Yeah, I think I think Buffalo too. I think Buffalo is another team that's getting hot at the right time for whatever reason, and they're playing they're playing good they're playing good football right now. So give me Buffalo. Uh, it sucks for Miami because that's what losing three straight. Yeah, yeah. To end the year that sucks. Going but. very cold into the playoffs. Yeah, gentlemen, there, there's a good possibility that my one through seven in the AFC and my one through seven in the oh. NFC that I predicted very, at the very beginning of the year could be exactly correct. Good for you, man. I think mine's pretty far off. I think I probably got maybe a couple of them right, but I don't, I'm not even. I don't think I'm close to all all seven. Right. Uh, all right, boys. You guys got anything else? If not, I'll hit the music. We can get out of here. Nope. Just about to go eat chilies I'm, for dinner. Hell yeah. I'm good. I'm eating. I'm actually eating chilies tomorrow. Uh, I already had dinner before we started. I had a wonderful soup. It was a cabbage soup. It was delicious. Cabbage, good. yeah, cabbage black. It was the, it was our New Year's. It was our New Year's soup. Cabbage, black eyed peas, uh, some uh, some uh, sausage in it. Some uh, I think some uh, some pork in it. Some other pork as well. Uh, lots of good, dude. It's so good, so filling. Eat it with some cornbread. Oh, buddy, that that, that soup was delicious. Sounds fire. But uh, anyway, uh, that's going to do it for this week's show. Uh, if you made it all the end, we appreciate the shout out of you. Again, we will be doing Wednesdays for all of January. Uh, and then in February, we'll be back on Tuesdays. So shout out to Shane for managing to make it today. I know Shane's been incredibly busy and sick recently. So Shane, I appreciate you for dropping in. I got to see your wonderful, beautiful face today. Say, so, yeah, I appreciate it. I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna try to start getting back to my regular schedule to where I'm here every week. So Hell yeah. Can't wait for that. Just like we can't wait for next week to talk about the national championship and how week 17 went, or week 18 went in the NFL. Until next time, have a good one. Bye.